0: Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for divine service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. At a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered, ordered him to be sold a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt." When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The law according to Moses said that forgiveness was to be given three times. And after that, Tough luck. So it seems today that Peter is actually on the way to Christ's kingdom. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. More than what Moses commanded. Jesus had actually just taught his disciples earlier in chapter 18 instructions on how to reconcile with a brother. All right. Try to work it out with him. Step one, if that doesn't go well, go find another brother, and the two of you go and try to work it out with him. Step two, if that doesn't go go well, then go to the church, and now with the pastor and the rest of the church, reconcile with your brother. Third time. And if that doesn't work, Jesus says, let him be to you like a heathen and tax collector. Now, that famous passage, Matthew 18, is often used as a club to try to beat your brother into repentant submission. Forgive me. And if that doesn't work, find somebody else that will go with you and say, forgive. And now, if that doesn't work, find the pastor. And pastor, you make them repent or forgive. Say they're sorry. Sorry. And then, if you take Jesus literally, you have permission, if he doesn't confess, repent, to forget all about him, to be like a heathen or a tax collector, shunned. So, obviously, you have to give your brother at least three shots to say they're sorry. But after that, it's all over, right? You can forget about him, right? Like I said, Peter's on the way to the, to the kingdom, He says, well, now give it seven times, four more times. And this is probably how you were raised too. (laughs) You were taught to sit and wait while your parent forced your sibling to say, I'm sorry. And then you were forced to say, I forgive you. (laughs) Say you're sorry. Now say I forgive you. That's how it went. That's how the world works. Remorse must come before pardon. The judge won't consider a lenient sentence until there's a guilty plea or good behavior. Quid pro quo. If this, then that. But that's not the way of forgiveness. That's the way of the law. What's missing in all of this conversation, how often do I have to forgive my brother, is this. It doesn't actually work. It doesn't work repentance. Your brother isn't actually sorry, they just say they're sorry so that they can get off the hook. What's missing in this world, sometimes in the church, is actually the gospel. No one is repented by saying, by the law. No one will say, I'm sorry, truly, unless they know there is forgiveness. So it actually works this way your brother will not repent, they will not say they're sorry, unless they also hear the proclamation of Christ's forgiveness, and thus your forgiveness of him. Every attempt at reconciling with the brother begins and ends with forgiveness, with Christ, proclaimed by faith. So back to the text Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. More math. But the question itself, what Jesus is trying to teach you, is that the question itself is absurd. When it comes to forgiveness, there is no more mathematics. There's no formula, there's no limits, there's no constraint, no end to forgiveness. (laughs) And thanks be to God for that, because there's no limit to your need for forgiveness. That also means, then, that there's no conditions put on forgiveness. It's a cup that overflows. You are freely forgiven, over and over, without any merit or worthiness in you. And you're free to forgive, over and over, without any merit or worthiness in your neighbor. Limits, measures, and restraints do not belong to forgiveness or the gospel. Those belong to the law. Now, it's true that there are debts, say, for example, in today's parable, and remission of those debts, those two things go together. But the order of Christ's kingdom, the operation, how it works, is backwards to your wisdom. Here's how it goes in the Bible. Even before that master's servant came to plead for mercy, it was actually the master's desire to show compassion. The master sought to release him from his obligations, to put his debts far away from him. This is what the Bible teaches. Before you even knew your guilt, Christ forgave you, or he came to you, before you as you sought him not, as we sang in the hymn. While you were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ Jesus died for you. Forgiveness came first. It's true that by God's law, Christ Jesus has shown you your incredible debt. He has brought you before the judgment seat to settle your account. But you can't settle your account. He shows you your incredible debt not to condemn you or to accuse you, to terrify you, But that you would receive his forgiveness. Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Your Lord does not bring your sin before your eyes, that you would then seek to find some way to pay them back with some throwaway phrase, I'll pay back everything I owe you. As if you could ever he could ever have done that, that servant. No. His Lord, your Lord, shows you your sin that you would receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. It's true. In the name of Jesus, all your debts are forgiven. Amen. But Of course, the other part of the parable is given this forgiveness in Jesus that you've received, how often do you forgive each other? Now, according to the parable, if you want to do math, the law, you've sinned against God an absurd 600,000 times more than your neighbor has sinned against you. That's the relationship of the talents to the denarii. 600,000 times more sins against God than your neighbor has ever sinned against you. But your Lord, by his death and resurrection, has forgiven every talent of your debt. He has freed you from the bondage of sin and devil that you have actually earned for your sin. He undermines all the wages that your debt owe, even ending death's foul reign. And as a result, as it was for that servant, he remained in the master's house, in the holy house under his holy forgiveness, now and into eternity. There is no constraint, restraint, boundaries, limit to forgiveness, if it is going to be according to the gospel. And that means there's no condition for you withholding forgiveness from anyone, especially a brother and sister in Christ. Under no circumstance is there any permission for a Christian to hold a grudge to another. Under no circumstance may a layperson secretly resent and withhold forgiveness from his pastor. The other side's true too. Under no circumstance may a pastor refuse to forgive a member of his flock. When forgiveness is withheld, the forgiveness freely given in Christ Jesus is undermined, is doubted, is actually rejected. That's why our Lord taught us to pray every day, repeatedly, throughout the day. Forgive us our trespasses. But if we refuse to forgive those who trespass against us, again, What do we believe of Christ's forgiveness of us? Undermines the very faith we've been given. This means that where there is no forgiveness of sins, there can be no church. And also, it's true of all the ways that Jesus forgives you. Where there is baptism not freely given, there is also no forgiveness of sins. Where the gospel is silenced, there can be no covering for sin, atonement. Where Christ's body and blood are not administered, given and shed for the forgiveness of sins, faith in Christ's forgiveness withers and decays. When the word of absolution is rejected and denied, the church ceases to be the church. Everything is ordered in Christ's church for your forgiveness. And for this to be Christ's church, then this must be a place of Christ's forgiveness. Not only forgiveness received from God, but also forgiveness given toward one another. Again, run this forgiveness thing according to the gospel, not according to the law. The problem here is not your neighbor's debt that he owes you, but forgiveness has to do with you and your debt. And forgiving you, as Jesus does, watch out. Watch out how forgiveness received over and over, in Christ's name, breaks out into your life. Into your life with one another here in this church. Into your family, to your husband or wife, to your children, even to your neighbors and your co-workers in this world. As Christ forgave you before you even knew your sin, so you forgive your neighbor, whether they deserve it, have asked for it, or even want it. If you want to be really dangerous at work or at home, say, I forgive you in the name of Jesus, and see what happens. <laughs> As Jesus has forgiven you, forgive one another. And not once, not three times, not even seven times, or seven times 70, forgive. Christ's death and resurrection accomplish the unmerited and complete forgiveness of your sins and for the sins of the whole world. That's what the church is founded upon. It's founded upon the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means, then, that the church is founded upon Christ's blood-bought forgiveness. The church, then, is all those who are called by the Holy Spirit through the proclamation of forgiveness of each and every sin and of your very sinful nature. Church is a forgiving place because she is founded and lives in Christ's forgiveness. And it is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that actually gathers the church and makes the church holy and keeps you with Christ in his forgiveness. How does he accomplish this? By his holy ordination, the way he has instituted his church. He accomplishes this awesome work in forgiving you by the preaching of the gospel and the giving of the gospel in the sacraments. As I said, holy baptism forgives you all your sins once and for all. It is a washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Baptism joins you to Christ Jesus in his forgiveness and makes you holy priests. Holy absolution, as it's declared by the pastor, as from God himself, is repeating that gift of forgiveness that you received in your baptism, but now into your ears repeatedly and frequently. The preaching of Christ's death and resurrection is giving you that forgiveness. Jesus died for you, that death that he has freely earned for you. And again, the sac- sacred institution of the Lord's Supper is given to strengthen and keep you in Christ Jesus' forgiveness now and forever for your life and for your salvation. So again, the whole, your whole life has now been ordered by your baptism in forgiveness of sins. This congregation lives in Christ's forgiveness. Indeed, the liturgy and the readings and the hymns and the prayers are all ordered and given to you that your faith would be in Christ's forgiveness. He has set aside all the debts that you owe, chief of sinners though you may be, and this is the Lord's doing, not your own. That makes this place truly a place of God's grace where God freely and without any merit or worthiness administers forgiveness for you and for all sinners. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin.